Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Please welcome. I like this kind of party, baby. It's good to be the king. Mike Demerge, along with the King Scott Engel, for week number nine in the NFL with our King and I podcast. This is uh, our third week in a row. We're really coming into the meat of the NFL season, aren't we, to see who's the contenders and who the pretenders are. Yeah, we're midway there. Mike, good to be back with you. For those of you who don't know, listening for the first time, I am Scott Engel. I am the King. I am Fantasy. And uh, along with Mike, my original producer on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, who nicknamed me the King and is a veteran broadcaster in his own right. Yeah, veteran broadcaster has started amazing, an amazing Jets win last week, but we'll get to that a little later on. Uh, I think it was the the biggest win since (laughs) 1969, right? Oh, it was ugly. Very, very ugly. Uh, Let's start things off with a a clash of the Titans in the NFC East. Uh, Cowboys at the Eagles. Cowboys getting three points over and under 47. Uh, first off, just off the top, this this is a must win for the Cowboys if they want any chance of winning the East. It's also a, a game that they need in order to show, hey, you know, we truly are one of the contenders in the NFC. And I believe they've beaten the Eagles four of the last five times that they've played. And at, of the last three times that they've played them, Dak Prescott has thrown at least three touchdown passes. So, uh, you know, Dak Good fantasy start this week, and also AJ AJ Brown is is just rolling. And Dallas is very good against wide receivers, so I don't like Devontae Smith. Uh, DeAndre Swift is fourth in the league in rushing yards, actually, with well over five hundred. And uh, Dallas is 29th in fantasy points per game allowed to running backs over the last four weeks. So DeAndre Swift, you know. Actually, a good fantasy start this week. Not actually, just a good fantasy start on the on the Dallas side. We mentioned Dak. Brandon Cooks is somebody to watch as he's getting more comfortable in that Cowboys offense, and he scored touchdowns in each of the last two weeks. That's a tough Philadelphia run defense, and Tony Pollard has not played up to expectations. You know, I would not be surprised to see see Dallas win. Maybe take him the cover. Maybe take him the on the money line because. Ever since they got destroyed by San Francisco in Week Five, my prove that they're they're really there with the top contenders in the NFC. And if Philadelphia beats them, I, I think you know Dallas is really not going to be taken seriously as a top contender in the conference. Uh, for the Cowboys too, uh, certainly uh, the Cowboys go as far as Dak Prescott takes them. This team relies on him. Looks to me emotionally, physically. Uh, if he has a bad game, this could really send the send the Cowboys into come, some kind of swoon where they end up a year in mediocrity. Not exactly the way Mike McCarthy wants to be. I don't know about that. It's it's more of a thing where where Dallas will lay an egg in a game like this, but then blow somebody out there that they're supposed to blow out. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, still you know their offense running at high octane, but. Fans and then the critics say that they're really not hitting on all cylinders. That Hurts doesn't seem to be on that cylinders he was on last year as as they went into the Super Bowl. Well, but uh, to me, they still look like the best team in the NFC. And getting getting Kevin Byard in a trade from the Tennessee Titans certainly helps a a back end which has been very very shaky on defense. Well, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I'm going to take the three points, and I, and I like the over 47 in this one, Scott. 
Yeah, a good prop. How about how about the Eagles to score first and lose on DraftKings Sportsbook on plus twenty four twenty five? Oh, that sounds like a good one too. So uh, I'm liking the Cowboys here with the three getting the three points and the over and under forty seven. Scott uh, as well likes that as well. Uh, let's move along. Let's shuffle off to uh, Cincinnati, actually, where the Bills take on the Bengals. And uh, in the, in this game here, the the uh, the Bill the Bengals are giving two points over and under forty nine and a half. The Bengals really seem to be hitting their groove now. Uh, and uh, exclamation point with that win over San Francisco a few weeks ago. Yeah, they they've won three in a row, and they look like the best team in the AFC now that Joe Burrow is healthy again, and and that's a big key for them. You know, I'm going with the Bengals here at minus 2.5. This is going to be a great uh, matchup in terms of, you know, it's a storyline we'll talk about with several teams. We mentioned it with the Cowboys. You know, Buffalo's coming off of three flat performances, including a decisive loss to New England, and they need to show that they still belong with the top contenders. I think that's AFC. already been answered though. I think Buffalo's shown that they're not a, a top tier a team that they, they fall in that B category. I had them at a B plus and, and then they're dropping to B. Uh, they, they lose this game and I, and I think they will. They're, they're a C plus now if they lose this. Game. Well, well, if they win this game though, the narrative changes again, though, you know, and they've already beaten Miami. So uh, I, I think, I think they need, need to show that you know, Buffalo, we've been, talking about them as contenders for years but you know yet they've never won anything and now they've come off the three flat performances they need to play well they need to win but Cincinnati been in the AFC championship twice the last two years won at one time you know they know you know how to win big games like this where where Buffalo doesn't so so you know I I'm, I'm gonna go with the Bengals here you know fantasy wise Joe Mixon coming off his best game of the season with 110 scrimmage yards. Scrimmage yards. He's a must start. Obviously, Jamar Chase, Burrow, uh, you know, Josh Allen has the most two touchdown passes, two touchdown pass games of any quarterback in the cop in, in the NFL. So he's obvious must start. They signed Leonard Fournette, but you know, he's you know, he they just signed him, so you know, this is a game where James Cook, who has 100-plus scrimmage yards in each of the last two games, wants to show, hey, you, you signed somebody off the street, but I'm still I'm still an important guy for you, so I think he's going to have a good game. Stephon Diggs will get his. It's like, great to see Diggs and Chase on the same field. Uh, Gabe Davis is coming off of his best game of the season and showing more consistency. So, you know, he's, he's somebody that I think you have to start in fantasy football too. Dalton Kincaid has, has become a must start in fantasy football too. Uh points wise, I like the Bengals and I'm gonna go with the with the, with the under. I I'm gonna take the over there because you know I I think I think well both teams are capable of playing good defense. Cincinnati is an underrated defense, I think. Uh I, I think you know this is these offenses are just too potent to be completely shut down. It looks too obvious. I'm I'm gonna go contrarian here, so it looks too obvious to go for the over. That's that's why I'm going with the under. All right, he's going well, contrarian. Let's let's. Uh, how's your German, Scott? Uh, let's, we're gonna travel to Deutschland, where the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Miami Dolphins, and Miami is kind of like a, a paper champion here with a glass jaw here. Uh, 
they have a great record, six wins, but they haven't beaten anybody with a winning record. Again, you know, here's another team with a prove it sort of win. And I'm taking the over here, but I don't feel totally comfortable about it because, you know, Miami was held down by Philadelphia. Kansas City's got a really good defense. The Dolphins need to prove. They're not, they're not like the Bills. The Bills have been talked about as a Super Bowl contender for a few years now. They haven't really cashed in on that at all. Whereas Miami, you know, they this year, you know, they've they've emerged as one of the top teams in the AFC. But are they a year away? More more of a kind of thing because they they lose here. I, I think you get the perception that that they are. You know, the great offense, best offense in the NFL, maybe the best offense we've seen since the 2013 Broncos. But, you know, they have to show they can beat Kansas City. Kansas City hasn't looked as good as as everybody has thought or as, as good as they've been in the last few years. You know, Patrick Mahomes was completely flat last week, you know, played through an illness. I think he bounces back. Miami's – allowed uh, nine touchdown receptions to wide receivers, which is tied for second most, third most in the NFL. So I like Rasheed Rice this week. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco's top 10 fantasy start for week nine. And on the Miami side, we go over there, and obviously Tyree Kill playing against his former team is a great storyline. And uh, Jalen Waddell, I think, is a really good top 10 start for fantasy this week. Raheem Mostert, even if he doesn't get the yardage, he's always capable of getting in the end zone as a finisher for this, this really good offense. Uh, you know, this is this is a real test for, for the Miami Dolphins. And but the Chiefs also have to show that you know they're they're still capable of being conference champions. And the thing is when you're a Super Bowl team and you've won it twice, everybody plays their best game against you. So it's it's never easy for the Chiefs. Kansas City giving one and a half over and under 51. I'm not going to touch the line on this game, but I, I like the over because I think Kansas City still wants to prove that they have the best offense in the league, that Mahomes is the best quarterback. So both quarterbacks with a lot to prove here. The, the only X factor in this are playing overseas uh, in Germany here. So I, I like I, the I don't over think Tua game. has anything to prove. I think it's more on the Well, he wants to prove show. that he can hang with the big boys. You know, this, I, I this, think I think I think I don't think it's on him. You know, I think you know necessarily it is to a degree, but it's not so heavily on him because because the Miami offense is going to get his unless he performs like he did against Philadelphia. So I see where you're coming from there, but you know it's on the Dolphins as a team to to show that they can win this. Whereas you know it's not for Mahomes to show they can beat the be the best offense, but you know in terms of it's on both teams to show they can beat the other team. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to come down to which quarterback is more stellar, but which defense can make a stop. Uh, moving along to Baltimore, the Seahawks are heading east, and the Seahawks already lost a, a, a big match by trading away a second-round pick for for Leonard Williams here, Scott. Not a move that I, that I was crazy about, and the Seahawks getting six points over and under 44. Yeah, I think people overrate you know, what the Seahawks gave up there because – you know, for the way they're going to finish, it's towards the end of the second round. And they already have an extra third round pick from Denver from last year. So it's it's not like they're giving up a lot. Plus, the Giants are covered, covering most of the salary, too, for Leonard Williams. And they really needed somebody on the interior. So I know you're trying to incite me, but 
I I think it's uh, <laughs> I I think it's I think it's oh. actually a good a good trade for both teams. Oh, the best thing about Leonard Williams, you know, he's going to shoot up if he makes any plays or not. That remains to be seen. Well, his pressure rate has been terrific, and he's been good against the run. And you know, Seattle was kind of thin in, in defensive interior there, so you know, it was about Pete Carroll and John Schneider addressing a need, and they haven't I, been afraid to do that. I just don't see Leonard Williams as a high impact kind of player. I don't see him as a low impact kind of player either, though. He's good against the run. He gets a lot of pressure, and he you know, they up. needed another defensive tackle. I don't think he just stands there like you're indicating. Uh, the plan in a tough place. Uh, Baltimore is kind of like the den of hell for 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 many opposing teams here, uh, and we're kind of looking at the Ravens as the, the creme de la creme in the in the AFC. I don't know if I'd call them the creme de la creme. Uh, and plus the Ravens, we'll give them a crown. The last, they've never made a deep playoff run under Lamar Jackson. They they have a lot. To it, well, we're in the regular season and we're mid season, so this is prime meat for for Lamar Jackson. How is it prime meat? You know, Seattle's as good as Baltimore. Well, I think they they where Thanksgiving is coming up, and C- Seattle's going to get their their goose cooked. Yeah. All right. Well, they you know they don't they don't <laughs> they don't get blown out very often. You know, they, uh, they don't play in Baltimore yeah. very often but, either. But being a Jets fan, I don't know the last time you saw quality football. So, well, you've seen, you've seen decent football. I mean, from a from a Jet fan perspective, you know this is like dominance. You know what they've been doing this year, but but anyhow, you know Seahawks. If anybody's going to say, well, what about the travel? You know they've they've had a terrific record under Pete Carroll playing an East Coast one p.m. game. So uh, I'm not concerned about that at all. I'm taking the under on this game. Both defenses play really well. Although, you know, uh, over the last four weeks, Baltimore's ranked 19th in fantasy points per game around to allowed to running backs. And Kenneth Walker has scored in his last three road games. And Zach Charbonnet averaging 5.7, 5.8 yards per carry. He, he, he's a sneaky uh, play as he's starting to get more mixed into that Seattle backfield. People are asking me, how is that going to play out? I think, you know, I'm seeing a trend towards maybe a 60-40 split in, in Walker's favor. Uh, Charbonnet played 59% of the snaps last last week. Uh, I don't see it that high. Last week, Walker was dealing with a calf injury, but I think he could consistently get 35 to 40% of the snaps so he's somebody you got to pick up. He's on your free agent list. I don't think he is on a lot of free agent lists, but but some Tyler Lockett, the most underrated receiver in football, had a really good game last week against a good Browns pass defense. But you know it's going to be tougher, I think, against the Browns this week for him and Metcalf. Uh, on the other side, Gus Edwards is coming off of two really good games, five touchdowns in his last two games. But this Seahawks run defense is one of the best in the league. You won't get much from Edwards. You won't get much from Zay Flowers against the Seattle secondary. But I think uh, I think Mark Edwards is a good start. You never bench Lamar Jackson. This game, I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking the under here. Uh, I'm going to go with the over because I think everybody's feeling the under. So just, I'm going to go contrarian again here in, in, in the over here. I don't know about Geno Smith against that uh, Baltimore defense. Which is not great, but it's still. Well, good. I I think Gino could get seventeen points, and then the Ravens could put up a close to thirty, so thirty-one. Maybe um, they say thirty-one seventeen. Have you watched the Seahawks the last few weeks? Like they're, they're number. I think they're number one or number two in points allowed. How is how is he going to get thirty? 
I don't. I think I think the Ravens know how to put up points, and Lamar knows how to play quarterback during the season. Have you watched that? Because I'm getting tired of you and everybody else like talking about this Seattle defense. Like, it, I, I love who, you and respect you, but have you watched them play the last few weeks on defense? I've, been, I've seen them play. They got a good defense. Playing in Baltimore is tough, and, and I'm not sold on Geno Smith, particularly on the road. So what do you, you don't care when they play? About the they defense. Play. We're not talking. Geno Smith doesn't play defense. Okay, and what is that? But how they move the ball affects the defense too. So the offense does affect the defense. You know, Smith has been up and down the last few weeks, and the defense still has played terrific. They, and, this is not a defense that gives up thirty points, Mike. Stop it! You're going overboard and trying to incite me. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> it does. You're gonna have to take your Tylenol after taping this. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with the over. So. There you go. Why? Why? Make and I, I gave you my reasons. Let's move along here. Okay, if it if it if it ends up being twenty one seventeen, uh, ends up being like twenty four twenty one, you'll hit the over something like that. But there's no way they're giving up thirty points. Uh, big matchup at MetLife Stadium. The Chargers come to take on the New York Jets. Da, 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 Monday Night Football. Uh, it, it couldn't have been an uglier game. For the Jets and Giants last week, ugly win. Somehow, somehow they won it. Uh, the Chargers beat the Bears last week. Uh, who really cares? Uh, Justin Herbert hasn't been the same since injuring his a finger on his non-throwing hand. Here, uh, obviously, the, the Jets here. This is this is a, another must win. Another must win as well for the Chargers as they try to keep pace uh, in the in the NFC West. Here, um, I, I, I like the Chargers in this one. I, I I don't know how you could go with the Jets as, as long as they have Wilson, a quarterback. This team is limited on how far they can go. Chargers are give are minus three and a half over and under 40. If you've seen the Jets play, over 30 points would be a lot at this point. So uh, you could expect the Chargers somehow to put up some points in this game because the Jets just can't move the ball, and eventually the defense is going to wilt. Yeah, I think they'll score about 30, I think, the Chargers will. What do you think? Uh, I I could see them putting up twenty four points. I mean, no, maybe you, 30, 40, something like that. No, that's not a, no, that's no, not I, a good defense in New Jersey. <laughs> well, they played pretty good against Philadelphia. I think just no, the Jets' inability. A, that's, let that's me finish talking, defense. Scott. The Jets' inability to move the ball is eventually going to make this this defense pay. And I think this might be one of the weeks when it finally wilts. Actually, I'm joking and trying to write Jed to, to you know get ticked off. The Jets have a very good defense. One of one of the best in the league, and this is a defense that held Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts all to one touchdown pass, and intercepted each quarterback twice. The Chargers, even more than the Bills, have been overrated. Every year we hear they're going to be a contender and they're a pretender. They're not winning against this defense. And Zach Wilson, they just they don't have, they, can't they don't, move the ball. They have the, the, the inability to move the ball. The Chargers allow teams to move the ball. The Jets will be able to do enough to win this game. I'm taking the Jets on the money line. I'm taking them on the spread. Sit Justin Herbert if you can. I realize quarterback is thin this week, but I don't have him ranked in my top 10 on my ranks on rotoballer.com. The Jets will, will be able to hold down another top quarterback this week and do enough on offense. Garrett Wilson has a great matchup against that secondary, and he's coming off the two really good games. Brees Hall is a top-five running back. Keenan Allen is the and Austin Eckler are the only must-starts on the Chargers' side of the ball. 
The Jets are winning this game. I realize for the Jets, every game is a must-win game throughout the season, but I think they will win this game. I, too much moving on the offensive line. They're talking about Becton going back to to, to right tackle, Dwayne Brown going going to to left tackle. I, it just smells like it's trouble not for, matter for the against Jets. This defense. The Chargers don't have a good defense. Oh, uh, the Jets can run the ball. They do have the ability to run the ball, but it, t- to me, the play selection last week against the Giants was awful. So, uh, uh, again, I like the Chargers in this, and, and, and I and I'll I'll go with the under. Yeah, well, the Jets, like like Robert Sala said, you know, he's keeping receipts and he's going to keep a receipt on you. You know, <laughs> they've run the gauntlet against top quarterbacks and he, they've made them play very bad. And I think that's the difference. Moving along, uh, talking about the ugly game, the Giants are in Vegas. And, and boy, I mean, what what is going on in Vegas? I mean, you know, Stifler, uh, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, is, is fired. Of, and and now they bring in Antonio Pierce. Yeah, well, Antonio Pierce already got fired up in the initial press conference. But, uh, you know, taking a look at this game, it's a game only fantasy players could love from the New Jersey perspective. Saquon Barkley will get his, but there's nobody else I could start. They could start up. I'm eventually hoping from a late season breakout from Jalen Hyatt. I'm keeping him stashed on, on a lot of fantasy rosters. They have to get the ball more to him and Wandell Robinson because, you know, no Darren Waller, the hamstring injury has, has become a real problem for him. On the Raiders side, I think they play inspired after the head coaching and, uh, and, and GM firings. Uh, Josh Jacobs, a very good fantasy start. This week, I think, and uh, and also Devontae Adams bounce back game. I start Jacoby Myers, who's had some good games. Michael Mayer maybe uh to bounce back this week, but I'm certainly taking the Raiders here. The Giants at times have have played well enough to stay in games, but you know, I think and these are it's interesting matchup because. These are two cornerstone franchises. How you, wait, but how, how how are you going to go with the Raiders here? I, I mean. You, you, they fired Josh McDaniels. Garoppolo's getting benched here. Antonio Pierce never coached, uh, never head coach in the NFL. And you're going to go with the Raiders? Yeah, I'm going with the Raiders because sometimes when these things happen, a team will respond and play an inspired game. And I actually think the Raiders certainly have more talent on offense than the Giants do. Aiden O'Connell actually has shown more juice than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm not surprised, you know, that they, uh, they're switching him. But again, you know, this is this is a matchup of, of of franchises of friends and will only continue to live in the past. The Raiders have have been had one contending team in the last forty years, and the fans are tougher than the team. And uh, with the Giants, you know, after beating beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl twice, you know, Eli Manning made a deal with the devil, and you know they'll probably never be a contender again. And, and that's that. And, that, and that's the way for, for to me, Garoppolo. Is, is this the last we see of Jimmy Garoppolo here with the Raiders? The rest of his career is just a backup quarterback, I think. It, it is. You know, for Garoppolo, he was surrounded by great talent in San Francisco. We've seen with Bar- Brock Purdy, you know, what that can do. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the same surrounding talent. It's not terrible talent. Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, that's pretty good, uh, but not as good as San Francisco. It's a different system. And you know maybe that's what Antonio Pierce needs to come in with the rest of the staff and you know recalibrate the system there because they do have some playmakers. Uh, over and under thirty-seven Giants getting one and a half. Maybe you parlay this, get a couple more points on the over. Uh, the Giants for, for don't an under. have any playmakers. 
No, the Giants do not have any players. Saquon Barkley, and that's about it. So uh, Jalen Hyatt's got a lot of potential, but for some reason they don't get him the ball. Yeah, we've been hearing that song every week. Uh, moving along, our final uh, pick of the week: uh, Tampa Bay at Houston. Uh, not a lot of juice here. Todd Bowles, you know, showing the Todd Bowles effect he has on a team, which is which is absolutely nothing. Um, uh, you know, t- Tampa Bay right now is is just blah. Houston is you know doing the best they can. Houston's actually been more entertaining than you know we've expected. Although it was kind of a flat performance against Carolina last week, uh, I do like them fantasy wise. Nico Collins is actually averaging a hundred. 31.3 yards per game at home this year. Must fantasy start. Uh, Tank Dell, first game back from a concussion, was kind of quiet, but I think he gets back on, on track this week. You want to avoid that running game, but C.J. Stroud's a good fantasy start. He's got two touchdown passes in each home of his home games this season. I don't like Tampa Bay fantasy-wise. This Houston defense fourth in uh, against in fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers, so Chris Godwin, who I always felt is, is overrated, he gets you 10 points, maybe 11, 12, which is pretty good, but you don't get any upside. He finally caught his first touchdown pass of the season. Hard to bench Mike Evans, though, because he always gets in the end zone. Rashad White has played uh, better the last two weeks, but I think he gets shut down by an by a underrated uh, Houston defense. Well, uh... I do like the Houston defense, actually, the a streaming fantasy play if you, you need a good unit. They they have they haven't allowed more than twenty points in four of their past five games. Uh for, for me this game is is just something I, I stay away from. It, it, it's so hard to read these two teams r- right now. So I, I'd rather I'd rather just stay away from this game. I, I would I would take game. the I would take the under. All right. I'll give you the under. I'll give you yeah. the under. I'll I'll go yeah. with that. Well, those are our predictions and our picks for the week. I had a fine week last week. I was, I was pretty good. I know uh, I liked Minnesota last week. That was one of my picks. And what yeah, a shame. We won't pick him again this week, unfortunately. Oh, oh. You know, terrible to see what happened to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, absolutely. So he yeah. is the King Scott Engel. I'm Mike Demerges. Follow me at Sports Radio Prof. And Scott, where can everybody follow you at? At Scott E. The King. And also check me out. At thegameday.com, my lineup rankings at rotoballer.com, uh, my weekly previews from around the league at seahawks.com on the Fantasy Insider tab, and every Saturday, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. See you at week number 10.